all right. Well, uh, for uh, today, um, I was going to read from the, the Gospel of John, the, the first chapter. And it's interesting that this is um, our first introduction to Jesus, at least in the Gospel of John here. And so it's, it's a very pivotal story. So the next day, uh, John again was standing with two of his disciples. So they're two of John's disciples. And as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, look, here is the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. And when Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, what are you looking for? And I think that's a, a question we probably ask ourselves throughout our lives. What are we, what are we looking for? What are we, what are we seeking? And they said to him, Rabbi, where are you staying or where are you living? And he said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying and they remained with him all that day. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. And this is uh, the word of God for each and every one of us here today. And I also wanted to read a, a quote from John McQuiston as I think how you say his last name. He says, what is taught by example is more significant than what is taught by words. And so as we take some time just to, to pray and to reflect uh, on these words, uh, just wanted to ask you, who has taught you a lot about life and a lot about how to live just by their example? Maybe they invited you into their home. Uh, you just watched how they live. And it wasn't so much that they told you anything, but you just could see how they lived and how they interacted with people. And they, they told you a great deal about life. Or if we reframe that in, in a like a faith question, where did we see Christ in someone else's life just by their example and how they lived? So let's take a, a few moments just to, to pray and, and to reflect on that. Let us pray. So a couple people um, are following Jesus. And he turns around and he says, what are you looking for? And they ask him, they say, where do you stay or where do you live? And he says to them, he responds, well, come and see. Come and see how I live. We all, Often we put Jesus on this very high pedestal and just think he dispenses uh, knowledge to us. But he really leads by example and he invites us just to come and see how he lives and how he interacts with people. And I think it's really quite the same for us is that we we certainly learn by, by people giving us information, but probably even more so by people just showing us their lives, inviting us in, in to see how they interact with one another, how they deal with different situations. So I was just going to ask you uh, maybe who are, are some of those people that we, we just learned uh, from them and their example. And, uh, and thinking about my, I wrote about my grandmother this week. Uh, I didn't really realize how much she actually showed me until, until I took time to think about it because she was, that was never her agenda. She was just living her life and invited me to observe it and be a part of it. So uh, just take some time here, just people that you've learned from and, and maybe looking back at them or thinking about them, you go, wow, I actually saw the, the living Christ in them. So, anybody?
for sharing some of those experiences. And, um, and I think it's a good practice for us even daily, just to ask ourselves where we see or experience that, that love of God. And quite often it's in nature, but also just in uh, people and we can accept their humanity. And once we do that, then we're free to accept the gifts, the compassion, the, the, the grace, the, the goodness that they share with us. And it's, it, it's interesting to me um, how we learn. Because uh, in school, we, we learned how to add and subtract. We, we learned how to read. We learned how to analyze and critique literature and history. And we do science experiments. And we learn theories and, and concepts. But where or how do we learn how to live? It's a completely different idea. How do we, where do we go to learn how to live? So we have all this head knowledge, but then we have to transfer it to a way of life. And I remember when I graduated from college, um, I knew I could make a living and, and I could pay the bills, but I was not real sure how to live. That's why I was very hesitant uh, to enter into a full-time career. And, and so how am I gonna live life now that I'm a, an adult here? And there's tension there for all of us and maybe it stays with us all of our life because we need to make a living and we also need to learn how to live well or as jesus says to have an, an abundant life a, a rich life so when i graduated between growing up in the united methodist church and my parents and and several good teachers and coaches i had a really good foundation but i was still yearning to learn more about life and how to live well. How do we interact with our, our neighbors when, when they're difficult or they have that dog that won't stop barking? How do we address the school board when we have concerns about our child's education? What is gonna be our, our pace of life? Is just gonna be a, a, just faster and faster and trying to do more and more? What kind of rhythm will we live? And that balance between work and play and how do we forgive and love one another? How do we get along? And these questions never really stop. And we just go deeper and deeper into learning how to live life. And I think that's one of the, the true benefits. I know we have a couple of younger people on the, on the call here today. I think that's one of the true benefits to getting older. <laughs> we get more mature and we start to understand that rhythm and trust life more and surrender to that love and, and that grace. And so after college, uh, not knowing what to do, I spent a summer, uh, I call it a very uninventful uh, internship. It was a great job, but it didn't offer uh, a way of life that I wanted to emulate there. And so I called up my grandmother, my grandma Pred on my mom's side, and she invited me to come live in Wichita where she lived. Grandma Pruitt, she was a teacher and a public school librarian. And I didn't know it at the time, but she was also a teacher of wisdom, very much like many of these people that you have mentioned. And I remember um, much like the story today about Jesus. She invited me to come and see, to have a look, just to observe how she lived. 
of course, she didn't say this. She just said, come to Wichita. And I did. And my grandma wasn't interested in, in telling me what to do. She could care less where I went to work or, or what, what I believed. She just invited me into her life and I could ride along with her and just see what she did. And it was a very subtle and generous way of showing me how to live. She was a, a voracious reader and a moviegoer. And throughout my life, she would always call up and recommend books to me. And sometimes she would send books to me in the mail and say, you have to read this book. And I, I think uh, she would read uh, two books a week. Usually they were shorter books, but she just read constantly. And she'd always go to movies, at least one movie a week, especially when she was retired. And I can remember some of you might remember some of these goofy little, uh, I call them coming of age stories or these funny comedies. Like we went to see Dumb and Dumber together. And I was a little nervous about her going to this movie. And she just howled and howled and howled and thought it was hilarious. And I appreciated that she didn't take herself so serious. And she just really enjoyed life and was open to everything. And she had a subscription. I was thinking of you, Ilga, when I <laughs> was thinking about this. She had a, a subscription to Sylvia Life magazine. And this is at the kind of during the Cold War and that tension with the Soviet Union. And I can remember questioning her about that. And I was even questioning her allegiance. And she just said, Craig, I appreciate the culture and the people. That's what is important. And that was her dream to always go to the Soviet Union and just see the architecture and meet the people. And she was able to do that one day. She just had a broader view of the world. And she loved, uh, we went every Sunday, we went to St. Paul's United Methodist Church, a big anchor church in Wichita. And she never told me I had to go. I just knew that the invitation was there. And she had this really wonderful relationship with, with the pastor. His name was Chuck Chipman. And he uh, ended up officiating at mine and Jennifer's wedding as well. And she and Chuck would always get into these discussions about faith. And I remember one time Chuck got pretty adamant about a point of view. I don't know what the subject matter was, but I remember what my grandmother said to him. This is the pastor of a big church, you know, he's up there on the pedestal. And she told Reverend Chuck that he needed to loosen his halo, that he was wearing it too tight. <laughs> and she was the first person I met who openly had what I call a questioning faith. And I learned that it was okay to ask difficult questions and, and to probe. And that didn't mean you had a lack of faith, but you desired a deeper one. And so I loved my grandmother and I watched how she lived and, and who she loved. And I remember on Christmas Eve, we would go and, and feed the, the homeless and she knew them by name. I especially paid attention to how she prepared that meal with other volunteers in the church. And it was as if she was serving royalty. Just the kindness and the attention she put in to everything to make sure, make sure that they had the best that she could offer. And she loved to read as a librarian. I can remember watching her at school. 
and she worked in a school where there was quite a few immigrants. And she'd sit in this chair and they would gather around from all these different countries. And she always wore these, uh, I called them story necklaces and we have a couple of them. And every necklace would tell a story. And she'd tell these incredible stories of life and people and you could hear a pin drop. Especially when she was telling these, these stories, it's when she was in heaven. She said, follow your bliss and you'll never work a day in your life. And that is what she taught me. She taught me how to live by just showing me her life. And it's great for all of you to, to think about these people who inspire us. And maybe we don't take time to really realize that we're looking at the heartbeat of Christ where the hands and feet and that tenderness that goodness and that grace. So we can encounter Jesus, of course, in scripture, but we also see that Christ figure quite often in our day-to-day -day lives. And we can give thanks for those people and their witness and their example. And I'm reminded that I read this in several different places that people used to call Mother Teresa up <clears throat> and ask her, what are you doing in Calcutta? What are you doing there? And her response was always the same. Come and see. Come and see. And that's kind of what we do in life. How we learn to live. We watch people. We see their examples. Come and see how I live, she said. And this is what Jesus said as well. Come and see. What is taught by example is more significant than what is taught by words. And Jesus was a, a teacher of wisdom. And he knew this. He doesn't teach his disciples more about conceptual, so much about mere conceptual information. Rather, he introduces them to a lifestyle, to a way of life. This is what kind of fascinated when we, as we go to church and we're reading scriptures and singing songs. <coughs> it's really about a way of life. Learning to live with that counterintuitive wisdom. Jesus invites the disciples to live with him. And he invites us to do the same. What do you want? He asks the disciples. And where do you live? They say, where do you live? How is it to be around you? How is it with your soul? And his response is, come and see. Come and see how I live. And they spend the day with him. And then most of the good part of the next three years. And then we can see the disciples standing at his side, watching him noticing, soaking it all in. They see how he does things, how he talks to people, how he waits, how he listens, how he's patient. They pay really close attention to who he eats with and talks with, how he depends on God and how he takes time for prayer <clears throat> and how he doesn't respond cynically or bitterly, but he responds to people trustfully and truthfully. 
And he's a very non-anxious presence in the storm. And they learn through him in his life how to live. And is there a better way for us to learn? And just think of the, just a few of the people we mentioned today. Just what we learned about life and living through them. And this is what touches our hearts and changes us and, and inspires us. <clears throat> we meet Jesus in scripture, but we also meet the living Christ and other people of faith. Our grandparents and parents, teachers, <clears throat> neighbors, and friends. And they show us how to live. Their life becomes a witness to us. And God is just continually inviting us to come and dwell in God's house. To come and see. So who do we spend time with? Who do we learn from? And how do we respond to that invitation? And how shall we live our lives?